Hello and thanks for joining us on HearthCast, episode number 271 for patch 6.1. Our topic for this episode is United We Fly. And now, from the excellence in podcast studios, it's time for another episode of HearthCast. This is Freckleface, and I play a goblin hunter. And this is Root, and I play a goblin warlock. We are a podcast covering the World of Warcraft universe. Coming up here on episode number 271 of HearthCast, we're going to reflect on the history of flying and how it has contributed to the current climate in WoW. And we have an add-on that lets you be a social butterfly, and we have the most casual of casual gaming news. So hey there, Freckleface. Hey, Root. How was your week in the Blizzard universe? Pretty good, pretty good. I um, So on my Rogue, I have been working on trying to get my fishing shack up because I have this land shark right. pet. And I can't learn the pet until I get, I think it's friends or friendly or something with Nat Pagel. So you have the pet, but you can't learn the pet. Exactly. So that is annoyingly teasing you from exactly. your bags. Exactly. So the first step in the process it's was like calling to, out to you. I know. Freckle face. <laughs> Freckle face, learn me. Learn me. <laughs> and like, okay, no. <laughs> so the first step in the process was to fish up a hundred enormous of like the seven or eight different types of fish throughout Draenor. So True. I did that, built my level three fishing shack, and then uh, Nat Pagel shows up. And he has a quest for me to get lunkers. So in case you don't know, lunkers are a very rare um, fish that show up randomly. You fish them up. It's very low fish rate, spawn rate, loot rate. Hook rate? Hook catch rate. rate. Catch, catch rate. rate. Yeah, catch exactly. rate. Um, all that you do with them is that you turn them into Nat Pagel for rep. And you're supposed to only get them once you have the level three building up. And you're only supposed to be able to fish up one an hour. They're very rare. Well, when I was doing the first part of this process and fishing of the enormous fish, I got a bunch of lunkers. And I read that it was a glitch. That mm. it wasn't supposed to be dropping as often. So I had my stack of five that I was ready to turn in. Um, and then I get this quest from Nat Pagel. It's like, oh, go fish me a lunker up and everything. Well, they're unique up to five. So I'm sitting here thinking, I already have five lunkers. He wants me to fish up more. I got to delete a lunker so I can get the, the quest item. That was a huge mistake. Oh. Because what he actually wanted me to fish up was a specific quest item, which is a different item than the lunkers that I already had in my bag. But it's still called a lunker. Yeah. But it's not but the it's same. Because ah, there's confusing. a special like quest item that you have to use, and then it, you know, then you fish up this quest item. So I was a little annoyed with myself for deleting one of the Lunkers because they are pretty hard to come by. I actually went in my uh, Battle.net account and tried to see if I could delete it, but it didn't count. It's one of the things. And I'm like, I'm not putting a ticket for that. I'd like you to restore my Lunker. <laughs> Something like that. Um, also played a little bit more of Heroes of the Storm. Um, last week when I tried to play, it was a couple of games on Sunday afternoon. I just, I felt so overwhelmed by it and it, it kind of made me just feel tired. I just felt confused and sleepy. And then it turned out I'd actually turned the air off. So it was really just like hot, which is like, and it's like the sleepy. second week in a row you've had air condition issues that you no, 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 attributed. It's the same week, same week. 
it's okay. I'm just this, look. I'm saying. I'm saying this is what happened the last time. There's a pattern. No, no, no. It's hot. No, no. And you turn your air conditioner no. off and getting hot. Last week I said this is what happened this week. Today I'm saying this is what happened last week, but this week it was fine. Oh. You see what I'm doing here? No, but I'll... <laughs> I'm connecting. I'm transitioning okay. between two episodes. Okay. So you're hot. You don't throw back. You're hot, and then you okay. weren't hot anymore in hots. The point is, is that this week I felt a lot less confused. I wouldn't say I'm good at it or anything like that, but I understand a little bit more about what's going on. Because you kept your cool, because your air conditioner was on. That, and just... It's just how I am with new things. I went to the same thing with Hearthstone where I just didn't like it at first. I was very confused at first. It just takes me a while to adjust to new things. You don't like change. I don't like change. I really don't. So uh, my husband and I have another couple that we're friends with that we like to do stuff as, you know, our little... You're a click. No, you're a little, little click. click. Just get her over. A little okay. social click. A little social click. Snoot and look down your nose at everybody else. Okay. Thank you, Root. Anywho, we I invited you to come play with us. You wouldn't. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so don't be calling us a click if you refuse nah, to do y'all anything. No, a little click. Okay, be part of that. I, know I don't want to hear it. I know what people say about you. What? I can't. Re- what do people say about me? Did you know? I will turn on this recording when you tell me. <laughs> I will turn this podcast around, mister. <laughs> <laughs> don't be saying stuff like that. I'm almost self-conscious. They call me, they say I have too many freckles. The what? Did they say I have too many freckles? Oh, no. Well, I heard something completely different. I heard Dilly stab me between my freckles. Like, wow, that's... Where did you even find his face? (laughs) (laughs) You can find a spot between my freckles shirt and stab me there. (laughs) I was like, that is evil. Why would someone want to do that? (laughs) No, they don't say anything about your little click. Go on. Anywho, you make me feel bad about something that's good. No, 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 please. No, it's very good that you are playing, you know, with other people. Anywho, so um, I bought the little $5 uh, starter pack. Oh, the welfare pack, yeah. Yeah. And um, so it's cool. So I think now that I own some of the heroes, it's a little easier because every time you switch heroes, you're almost playing a different game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's totally different. So just playing the free-to-play rotation was, I think, kind of contributing to me not understanding how things are working. And I got the free My Little Pony mount on one of the last days that they had it. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I was very excited. Brony mount. Brony mount, yeah. I put the big, um, I forgot his name, Raynor guy, the guy with the big uh, spacesuit. Yeah. I put him in My Little Pony mount. <laughs> it makes me laugh. That'd be funny. Yeah. But then you and I got to do some LFR wings together. Yeah. We actually like sat down and did all four at once. Well, what's great about that is after the last four, after the fourth one was done, you're like, it's over? We're done? Is it like It's awesome. Yeah, flew yeah. by. It did. Plus, they got a ton of gold. Yeah. Because then you get the little satchel at the end of it if you're in a group of friends. True that. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah, we got to make that a uh, regular occurrence. Google Calendar, I'm telling you. Oh, yeah. All right, schedules for this week. All right. Okay. I'll do that. So, how about you? How has your week been? Pretty good. I actually got some game time in. You know, that's... Yeah. You know, and, uh... Really interesting series of events here happened. So I decide to 
test my luck over in Tempest Keep going for Ashes of Alar. Run in, you know, killing everybody because now all I, I, I just like run all the way to the end and whoever I've gathered along the way, I just bring with me until I get to the, you know, all into the last room where okay. Kel'Thuzhas yeah. is, whatever. And it's like kill everybody, nuke them all at once, very fast. We go over, do the four guys, five guys, whatever it is. Hamburgers, yum. And <laughs> it's four <laughs> of them. So after you kill all the weapons, you have to actually pick up one of the weapons and you use it. So you pick up the staff and you use the staff and it puts a little uh, protection on you that so you don't get the um, fear right, buff, and you, right. you know, mind controlled or whatever. Did that. Killed the dude. The mount did not drop. Oh, I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. And I go to like swap out my staff again, and my staff is gone. Oh no! It is not there. Well, it should be in your bag, right? It should be in my bag. It is not in my bag. And I'm like, where's my staff? What's going on here? And so, <laughs> silly me. Okay, this it, this is how disoriented I was at the time because my 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 staff is gone. It's just not there. It's not in my bags. It should be in my bags. It's not in my bags. I actually spent maybe a minute looking around the floor for it. Like maybe it fell because, you know, in EverQuest, you could drop a weapon and it would drop on the floor. But so obviously it's not there. So naturally I open a ticket, give the guy all the details, you know, in the ticket. I was in here doing this and uh, my weapon is gone. And I, did not remember what weapon I had. Because do you know what weapon you have? No. Exactly. I know what it looks like. And the first ticket I get back is like, uh, hey, you know, we're looking at the, the standard. We're looking into this, see what's going on. I'm checking the armory. The armory, my weapon's not in the armory. Weird. Yeah. I'm like, you would think it would be, right? I mean, I checked the armory immediately, but it should be in there. Like, it's, did you lock out? No, I was still logged oh, in. Oh, weird. Yeah. Because normally it doesn't update unless you log out. Correct. Oh. So I'm like, I, I know I had this oh, thing. Yeah. And I was looking at, I was like, well, maybe it's on a profile that I've got on. And I jumped on to uh, open rate. You know, they've got what I've done, but they don't have what I've got. So then I'm like, oh, who else would have it? So I log on to one computer on because uh, I have multiple computers. And I get on one on Ask Mr. Robot because they've got my stuff, Right. Right. It wasn't there. Oh. So I logged onto my account just on a whim from another computer, and it had a saved uh, load Ooh. of my equipment. And so I loaded that up, and there is my weapon. There's my entire everything, my what I have equipped, right? Screenshot that, send that to Blizzard, too. And I go, look, here's my profile from Master Mr. Robot from five days ago. So I don't know what happened to my weapon. And they tried to tell me, well, that weapon, you haven't had it for like, a month. I'm like, no, I've had it because I only got this thing a couple of weeks ago yeah. from the raid. And here is a screenshot from S. Mr. Robot from five days ago. They did restore it with my enchant, Good. which was rather nice. Mm-hmm. And then they tried to tell me they were going to charge me like 27 gold for that. Hmm. Which is, I think, the vendor price. Cause, right. And I'm like, but okay, fine. I don't really don't yeah. care. <laughs> it's, it's so, you know, but 
I got it back, but I was really nervous there for a while. And, yeah. you know, I was like, wow. But I knew I had it. I know for a fact that I had it because I was watching myself run with it and thinking, that's kind of weird how I'm running with my staff when I was in Tempest Keep. So for them to tell me I hadn't had it for like two months is, I don't, don't yeah. know what. Lesson learned is make sure you've got a profile of your equipment, you know, somewhere like on True. Ask Mr. Robot. And who thought you could use Ask Mr. Robot for an item restore? Yeah, really? So I never had guessed that. Yeah, they came in handy. I was like, hey, I screenshot that. You can't really, I'm sure and, you. Yeah, did you look on Wildhead or anything to see if anybody else has had similar issues going into no. there? No. No. Kind of curious now. No, I didn't. Didn't do that. Uh, when you and I did the LFRs, I finished my uh, elemental runes or whatever it was, finished my third one. So I went back to Home Slice over there. Uh, what's that dude? You know, Cadgar. So got back to him, gave him the stuff, went through the little uh, routine they do. And it's kind of cool. I'm not going to ruin it. I'm not going to spoil it because I know you haven't seen it yet. No, not yet. Finished that all up, got the ring. That kind of confused me because I forgot they actually take the ring from your inventory you know, off of you, then put yeah. one back in your bag. So I was like, well, what's going on? So I got that. And I'm working on uh, getting Garona as my uh, legendary follower. There is a little way to sidestep the horrible, horrible implementation of a mechanic that I'm sure looked really good on paper. And in concept, I'm sure is a fantastic concept, but it is poorly, poorly implemented. And when you get to that spot, you will agree. Okay. <laughs> Again, I can cry need for help. And I will tell you exactly what I did to get around it. <laughs> All right. So we'll wait till you get to there to talk about that. And that has been about it, you know, um, doing the dailies. And by dailies, I mean my garrison. Right. On uh, fruit, root, and... Uh, Dark shoot? roast. Oh. No. No, <laughs> shoot's my hunter. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so it's, it's root, fruit, shoot, and dark roast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um I got Brute. He's another one. He's my warrior brute. Oh, that's yeah. a good one. Why didn't know about that one? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh dark uh, my my goal is because uh, I'm go- I'm gonna be on vacation this coming week. We'll still have a show. Coming out, but I'm going to be uh, at the beach. And my goal is I'm taking an Alienware laptop, a gaming laptop, to the beach with me. And I want to get Dark Roast to 100. So that's your goal for your beach weekend? To play video games as much as possible? Not beach weekend. Beach week. Beach week. (laughs) Yeah. Get it right. It's more than a weekend. It's the whole week. And yes. I, I had two goals. Okay. Dark Roast to 100. In Jurassic World, premiere night. Oh. Yeah, that's it. That's my cool. goals. So, that's it. But you know what's coming up? What? On Saturday, June 20th, you and I are going to be at the Florida Fireside Gathering. It's our second one we've had here in Orlando. It is a massive Hearthstone Fireside Gathering. And this tournament is an official Blizzard one, which means if you win the tournament, you go on to compete in the regionals. So whoever wins has a chance of going to the finals in BlizzCon. Now, we already know that there are more people showing up to this event than there are spots in the tournament. I think the tournament has 11 spots in it. 16. 
Is it 16? Yeah. I can't count. Oh, it just counted weird. Yes, there's 16 spots in the tournament. You're in it. You've signed up. Yeah. So first tournament, really, of anything. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. I think I've done like a bake-off before. <laughs> this one's going to be a little different. <laughs> Not quite a bake-off. You can bring cupcakes to see that might help you. You could I'm put, sure your, it would. put your opponent into like a sugar coma real quick or <laughs> something like that. Give them something really sticky to eat or something yeah. so they can't take the turns. And the time runs out and you just yeah. and they end up, or you give them like a really, really good cupcake and they just concede. <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to eat this. No, I'm, I'm conceding. Nom, nom, nom. Uh, I have new goals now. <laughs> How'd you win this tournament? <laughs> the power of the cupcake. <laughs> Buttercream, you know. <laughs> uh, we've also got one of our buddies in it. And uh, there are like, there are 16 people official. You and he, if you're going to face each other, must win two matches each. And you would face each other in the uh, semifinals. So that is going to be, uh, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, definitely. We will have a corner set up with our podcasting gear and we will be interviewing people there for that. At least one of us, if not both of us, uh, Maybe some other people there. We're not going to do a live stream like we did last time. Last time, Garrett uh, and Amy were live streaming. This time, we're not. We can do a recorded event like we normally do with our normal HearthCast setup. For more details on this, you can head over to meetup.com slash Florida Fireside, and you can get all the information there. You can sign up to be part of the event. The bracket is already full, so you're not going to be able to compete, but you can come hang out with Last time, there were over 100 other players there. And you can come hang out. There are going to be prizes and food and a bunch of other stuff there. So if you want to come hang out with us, that's going to be Saturday, June 20th. Head over to meetup.com forward slash Florida Fireside for more information. And hey, Freck, you and I have an email. We do. This is from Scaresome, who says, Ahoy, Root and Freckleface, loving your show every week. Big fan, big fan. Regarding the fan base uproar over the lack of flying in future expansions, I have something to say. Number one, I think Blizzard has made a mistake in asking for feedback in super general terms, which has given some illusion that a player will have impact on the game. People feel that their comments might be solutions and feel betrayed when they are not. Number two, I think the number of people who have taken the step to explore outside of the game, such as podcasts, Wowhead, MMO Champions, Forums, Blizzard Watch, are in the minority of players. While vocal, they do not represent near the numbers that they feel they do. Number three, I feel sympathy for the Blizzard designers who have been asked to deal with the public when they were hired to create a game. They are not public relations professionals, yet they have been thrust into a task that is often ugly. Number four, finally, it is our own fault. By gleaning tidbits of future gameplay, we are reacting to a small bit of information without knowing at all what the next expansion or two will be. Wouldn't it be, for example, humbling that after raising hell to high heaven that the next expansion is underground in caves and we can never fly anyway? I think any time that there is a peek behind the curtain that there is some disillusionment. Poor Dorothy had Tota to blame, but we have only ourselves. And Scaresome, you make some excellent points here. Absolutely. Um, number one, we, we talked about how we as players feel like we have a voice in the game. And yeah, Blizzard says they listen, but I agree that, you know, they may ask for feedback, but that's not going to really steer them in any way. 
And the fact that we have the illusion that it does. Because Blizzard will say, like, well, what do you prefer, red, green, or blue? And somebody will say, you know, half the people, or third of them will say red, third will say green, third will say blue. And Blizzard say he chooses green. Then the people who all said green feel that Blizzard listened to them and they had an impact on the game. Right. Whereas the other two-thirds feel the exact opposite. Right. Or, and even the fact that, you know, you might ask people what they want and be like, well, you know, I really want red. But the people who have their professions and have research to back it up and they know that what players will actually respond to and what throw money at is yellow, they're going to give us yellow, despite if it's not what we actually, quote, want. Right. And I agree with the second point that we don't uh, represent the, the majority of the numbers that we feel that we do. And uh, I can back that up 100% because when I talk to people sporadically through the game about a podcast, you know, like, I don't know, our podcast... Uh, the the vast majority of the times that that happens, the response is always, well, "What's a podcast?" You know, outs- yeah. you know, I think outside of the forums, people don't realize that these fan sites. You know, in all honesty, when I first heard the term fan site, I thought fan fiction. <laughs> so I was like, "No, I am not going. No, uh-uh. it's going to be all kinds of you know incest going on there." And, <laughs> So I think it's a, it's a misnomer. You oh, know, it's informational sites that deal with World sure. of Warcraft. And you and I have have uh, dealt with this part about his number three, which was don't, you know, these are developers that have been turned into public speakers. And we've talked about that at BlizzCon when they put the poor sap up on the stage who can't, doesn't know how to do any kind of public speaking. You know, at BlizzCon, even on Twitter, even the people who are the community relations managers, they don't always do a great job of engaging people in the right way. They tend to kind of react to somebody saying something negative rather than putting a thoughtful response into it. You can almost, you know, hear the frustration on the Blizzard employees, you know, what they're saying, you know, they're, they're kind of getting offended. They're taking a little bit personal. And instead of, you know, where a public relations person would, you know, be able to take a step back to be vague. Cause you know, as much as you hate that, that's kind of what you have to do. And that type of business is just to, you know, be a little bit more vague than you want to be. You do. And we don't have the luxury of seeing the hours upon hours of just mind splitting meetings that these guys have been in. Where this decision that they have come to was, you know, grueling and, you know, tiresome and just takes all their energy out. And now they've got to go present this you know, their, their answer or whatever the results of this meeting are. And now you have the general public who may not agree with it. And it's like, guys, look, I know, you know, that guy's been down that road a hundred times or a million, whatever. And he's just like, oh, so frustrated with it. And they don't express that well. Whereas a PR person could spin it as you were saying. And his, his point number four, that we all tend to react on a little bit of news that we get is spot on. And one of the reasons we don't cover news like that. And definitely. And that's, and that's part of the reason why I kind of stay away from, you know, learning stuff about, um, you know, upcoming patches or, you know, the things that people speculate on. It's because it is very easy to take it out of context. You know, you added a new feature that sounds like it's going to be cool or sounds like it's going to be terrible because we don't know all the details. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of examples for myself, but I don't really have any because I'm like you, and I just kind of wait for it to come out. Yeah. And when it comes out, I kind of go, oh, okay. Well, 
uh, give me an example. Um, before Wrath of the Lich King came out, they said we were going to have vehicle combat. Oh, yeah. Mounted combat, I Mounted combat, yes. We're going to have mounted combat. And we all thought that meant, oh, you'd be like on your mount, you'd be like doing your warlock spells, you'd be doing like your, you know, your rogue daggers and all that stuff. Mounted and it, PvP. Yeah, and all it turned out to be was a new mechanic, which while it is cool, it is vehicle combat in that once you're on something that's considered a vehicle, either the Argent Crusade horses or, you know, you're getting into a big tank to blow a bunch of things for a quest, it's a different set of controls. It's completely different spells. You're not doing anything that you'd normally be able to do if you were not in that vehicle. So everyone getting overly excited about mounted combat turned out to be something completely different. Mm, very yeah. true. That is a very fantastic example. Awesome. Scarison, we thank you for your email. And man, I think we, um, we're bigger fans of you than you are of us, I think. Hey everyone, as you're shopping online, if you want to help support the show, when you go to Amazon, use our link on our homepage or just go to hearthcast.com slash Amazon and that gives us a little kickback at no cost to you. Coming up next in general chat. United we fly, divided we fall. As we've all heard by now, Ian has accosted us, or Watcher, expressed that there will be no flying added to Draenor, and future expansions look to be the same way. This has been a divisive issue for a while, but this announcement brought the conflict to a head. We decided to take a step back and examine why players are so adamant on the issue and how Blizzard should approach it. Before we talk about the pros and cons, you know, do we think there should be flying, should not be flying... Um, we think it's important to kind of take a step back and look at the history of flying in WoW. Now, in vanilla WoW, there was only ground mounts, right? Ground mounts that you didn't get to level 40 and they cost a bunch of gold. They're expensive. I think they were about uh, 650 for the uh, license, and that was when a hundred was a lot of gold. I said that that's wow gold. You know, like a lot of times, in the, you know, we talk about money in the past, like, and then you you equate that to gold or money today, right? So, like, six hundred fifty gold back then was like I don't know twenty thousand gold today, something like that. Yeah, it's a lot, a lot, yeah. Yeah, getting a mount back in vanilla was a big deal. And that's when, uh, you know, everybody would choose classes that you got a class mount because it didn't cost you anything but getting the quest completed. Oh, yeah. But wasn't that quest such a huge pain, though? Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. It was so fun. The Warlock quest was so fun. Now, let me get to Burning Crusade. Now, flying was added as a flagship feature in Outland. It was only obtainable at max level. It was, again, very expensive. The same expansion, they added several different kinds of mounts that were now designed to fly, such as the Nether Rays and the Nether Ring Drakes. They added dungeons and raids that were only accessible if you had flying. Like the Mechanar, the Botanical, if you didn't have flight, that was a barrier to entry for you to be able to do the in-level heroics. Correct. And the whole atmosphere during Burning Crusade, I mean, you have to remember... 
Outland was a continent that was corrupted by fell magic. It was ripped apart by it. Was it was ripped apart. Yeah. It's floating in the air. The whole continent is floating. Half the zones are sideways. It made me nauseous. Right. So it, the whole atmosphere kind of lended itself to flying because I always had a lot of fun uh, flying to the different uh, chunks of land that were kind of floating oh, yeah, around, yeah. surrounding all the edges of the continent. I used to be afraid that I'd get lost in the twisted nether. Yeah, yeah, that was a huge concern. It was. Yeah, yeah, still is a little. So just to sum up, Burning Crusade, they added flying, but it was something that you can only do once you're already max level. You didn't have that available as you were questing to get up to level 70. In Wrath of the Lich King, uh, Northrend, which was a new continent that was added, was also no flying until max level, which was level 80, and they called it cold weather flying. It was too cold for regular mounts. So you had to be level 80 to learn this cold weather flying. Later, Patches added something called a Tome of Cold Weather Flying that was able to be purchased at level 80, but it could be used at level 68, which meant that once you already had a tune at level 80, your alts, the ones that you leveled up after that, could fly as they were leveling up. Right, so you've already done it once the the way Blizzard wanted you to do it. You've already experienced the storyline as intended. Right. And there were some other interesting things having to do with flying in Northrands. Like Dalaran was a city that was floating in the air. But you couldn't fly when you were in Dalaran. Yeah, I never thought about that. You can now. Yeah, you can now. But before... Um, if you needed to leave, exit Dollaran and go out, you had to use the portal to go on the ground, and then you had to go from there to wherever you're going to go. Couldn't you go to the sewer, too? Like, go all the way out to the edge of the yeah, sewer that's true. and fly from yeah, there? Yeah, go through the sewer, yeah. go through the uh, exit tunnel. Yeah, that is, that is crazy. Yeah. And compared to uh, some of the other places, uh, the zones in Northman were very big in landmass, but also had a very high altitude. Like, do you remember going through Storm Peaks? Oh, yeah. Those mountains were so high. Yeah. Hey, dude, I mean, and, and there, were, there were places like you had to go on a quest, and the only way to get to that location was to fly. Right. Yeah, that was... So despite the fact that, you know, flying theoretically makes things seem smaller, I feel like in Northrend, everything was so big already. A vast expanse. Right. Yeah. That it didn't have that effect. So in the next expansion, which is Cataclysm, they embrace flying even more. Eastern kingdoms and Kalimdor were completely redone. Uh, the borders for the zones were different. There were all new quests. The NPCs had been updated. Everything was different. And whereas before, the continents couldn't support flying because they weren't designed to have flying in them. So adding flying to them wouldn't have made any sense from a programming point of view. Now they support them, but only at level 60. So because flying wasn't available until level 60, as you were leveling up, you're still required to stay on the ground to be able to quest. The end content zones for Cataclysm were in Eastern Kingdoms and Kalimdor. Now the previous two expansions, we had extra continents added, but this is the first one where they opened up areas of the map that had previously been closed off. And because these zones were in the middle of the continent, uh, the developers didn't really want you to be dismounted as you entered these new places or to feel disconnected. So they just made the in-content zones have flying as well. 
Now, for some of them, flying was essential to completing quests, as some of the places you need to go were above ground. Mm. Like, you went into Deep Home for the first time, and they're like, go, go find this flying oh, airship. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. you had to go find it. Plus, you had to fly into... Well, you took a mount from somebody yeah. else in there, but still. Well, I think you took, like, the big whirlpool thing. Yeah. Or was that somewhere else? No, it was, well, you're on a you're on a dragon's back, and you go through the yes. whirlpool. Yeah. Through the tempest, or whatever they called that thing. Yeah. Right. And then you have a place like Mount Hyjal, which is so big and so mountainous that there's no footpath to go from one place to the other. Right. And again, you had to fly, to fly over for your dailies. Remember, you had to fly over to one spot. And, right. Yeah, there's a lot of flying involved. And again, new dungeons and raids were added to the air that required flying to get there. Like, you know, we've been talking about doing Throne of the Four Winds and Vortex Pinnacle. And those were all about being in the sky. You're fighting, you're fighting air elementals. You have to fly to get there. Oh, yeah. 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 Now, Mr. Pandaria showed a shift in attitude towards flying. That's funny because it's a flying joke that you don't even know. Attitude control is part of flying. That's <laughs> right. funny. Go freck with the with the flying puns. <laughs> now, in MOP, we are going back to flying being restricted to end level. They made the content so that flying would actually trivialize it. They put up that big gate, you remember? Um before you could get into the Veil of Eternal oh, yeah, Blossoms. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. And you had to go to this big long quest line to open the gate. And once you had done that, once you got through the temple and you're level 90, then you can fly. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, when the new patches would add new content, like the uh, Isle of Thunder and the Timeless Isle, those were no flying. So in addition to not being able to fly as you're leveling up, then you could also not fly when you were doing the very end level content. However, during the same expansion, they added something that, in my opinion, was really cool. They added some of the most prettiest mounts in the game, which are the Cloud Serpents. Except for that gold one. That one's not very pretty. I like that one. Okay, sorry. Love the Cloud Serpents. They just have beautiful animations. You know, they're sleek. They're just very pretty to look at. And they added these dailies that involved racing them. So now you have this atmosphere that is a racetrack that you have to fly up and down and through obstacles and you're going through cloud rings. And it was just a really cool experience. You had to do these dailies to be able to get the reputation, to be able to learn the cloud serpent mounts. So the same expansions that they started to to revert their stance on flying and start to kind of pull away from it, they also added new content that relied on flying and showed you how cool it could be to fly in the world. And now in the middle of the expansion of Warlords, we still can't fly even though we're max level. They've announced we're not going to be able to fly in later patches of this game. All of the flying mounts have been given the ground mount function. Um, and this is important because if you're using the favorite mount, feature if you go shift p to open your mount journal and set mounts as your favorite you can use a button to summon a random favorite mm-hmm. there's also add-ons to do similar things go go mount so if you are in frostfire ridge and you summon a random mount now it could be a bird that's just hovering close to the ground and it still be considered a ground mount 
And that was a change. Before, you couldn't summon a bird if you needed to be on the ground. Right, and so you, you can't mount that here. Right, you can't yeah. mount that here. And like we said at the beginning of the episode, there was an announcement that it looks like there, that future expansions will follow the same pattern rather than being what we've kind of gotten used to of you can't fly until you reach end level and then you can fly. Now it's all of the end level stuff is going to be no flying only. Blizzard has already announced that they believe allowing flying makes it too convenient to skip around while you're questing. It makes the world seem small. It makes the world seem less dangerous. It makes escaping situations far too easy. And it gives you less of a sense of accomplishment for completing tasks. And those reasons are what's behind their statement of them feeling like it trivializes content. Now, the problem is that they have not acknowledged that there are problems that come with removing flying. For one thing... It stifles the fantasy. We are playing in a fantasy world. And this is really just more of a feel rather than being anything logical. But when you can't fly your flying mount and instead you're riding a bird or a hawk or, you know, your cool cloud serpent and you're just riding it low to the ground instead of soaring, it feels a lot like being a bird with its wings clipped. Yeah, you've been gimped. Yeah, absolutely. Completely. You want to soar, you want to do circles, you want to, you know, dive bombs. Do a barrel roll. Exactly. Say it, Frank, say it. Do a barrel roll. Not like that. Well, what do you expect? <laughs> you also can't uh, perch on top of a mountain, you know, find cool vantage points, find interesting out-of-the-way places just to sit and admire the scenery. Then we have the issue of maps. The maps are not always adequate to navigate over elevation levels or even to find the path between two zones. When you don't have flying, it's very easy to get lost or to waste time going in circles. Now, I understand flying can make travel a little bit too easy, but I'll give you an example. When I was trying to fish up the enormous uh, fish, I needed to take my Alliance tune over to Frostfire Ridge. And I could tell, looking from the world map, that I needed to go to Gorgon first. But I could not find the pathway that connects the two zones. Mm. I knew there had to be one of them, because that's the only way to get into Frostfire is through Gorgon. But I had to go online and look it up and see where the pathway was. Because when I looked on either map, I couldn't see where the path was. And the way that the trees are, even if you see, well, here's a path, and then you start to go toward that direction, there's something blocking your path in real life that you can't see on the map. Mm -hmm. But you can see that arrow pointing you in the direction that, right. you know, as the crow flies, so to speak, and it is just, it's, it's annoying when right. you can't go that way. And uh, there's another quest with the Harrison Jones one where you have to go to Skedis, I believe which is at the very north part of Spires of Iraq. Mm. Um, going in between Talador and Spires of Iraq when your map changes and trying to get the Skedas is ridiculous. Oh, is it really? I've gotten lost so many times to do it because the path that you have to take looks like it's going in a completely opposite direction. Oh, weird. Yeah, and this is really strange. 
So the problem with taking away flying is that the maps don't compensate for the added difficulty in getting where you needed to go. It can also discourage players from getting out into the world again after completing quests to do things like fishing, archaeology, or rare hunting. Everyone's kind of in their garrisons right now and you kind of need something to motivate you to get outside your garrison because you can do so much, you know, there at home. And then you look at something like, oh, we can go do archaeology. Well, that's a huge pain if you can't fly. Oh, yeah, I haven't thought it of that. It really is. So you have this extra content that shouldn't be that difficulty or the intent behind it isn't to be difficult. But it has an extra layer of difficulty because you have to run there and you have to deal with all that stuff that comes with it. Yeah, I would say it has an extra layer of frustration over difficulty. Frustration, yeah, yeah, that's a good term. But the most important thing to remember is that they are asking players to give up something tangible in exchange for something intangible. They are asking us to give up our flying mounts, our cloud serpents, our netherwing drakes for the idea of more fun. And we don't like that. We play games because everything you do in a game has a tangible benefit. Now, in real life, as adults, we constantly have to make decisions and discipline ourselves to give up something physical for an idea. Staying physically healthy, you know, putting down that donut, going for a run on the treadmill, keeping a relationship strong, keeping job performance up, all of those things require the sum of many small tasks to eventually make something good. But when we game, we want to see that progress bar move. We can log in and in a session we get 10% closer to revered. Or five more item levels on our new helmet. Mm. So when Blizzard is asking us to give up something without a tangible return... They can't be surprised when some of us are upset. Now, I know not everybody feels this way because I know that there is a player base. I don't know how much of it is on one camp versus another that feels like by adding flying, they were taking away some things like platform jumping or other challenges in the game that were now completely awash because you can just fly over them. But I think the basic reaction of people being angry about taking away flying, a lot of it boils down to you're taking something away and not giving anything back. Now, if Blizzard had never introduced flying, it would be well within expectations to never implement it. And I really feel like they wish they had never implemented it. That's what they hint at. That's the way they act. That's what the people from Blizzard seem to imply, that they kind of wish they had never really implemented it. But it's here. And it's too much a part of the game to simply take it away and not expect a backlash. So, you know, really what we like to see from Blizzard is rather than making a blanket yes or no decisions, yes flying versus no flying, We'd really want to see them take the time to ask important questions. Like, does flying truly trivialize content? 
Is there a way to limit flying to keep it from being used to skip content without removing it altogether? And can the content itself be adjusted to still be challenging even with flying? Now, we don't have the answers to those questions. You know, I have ideas on all of them. Like everyone does, I'm sure. We asked you guys on Twitter if there was a way to keep flying from trivializing the content. And this is what some of you had to say. Scott Battery says it doesn't trivialize content, so they don't need to do anything. Just add it to 6.0 zones. That Myro guy said it doesn't trivialize content to begin with, so it seems like a moot question to me. The Joe Show says, I guess once I'm at max level and somewhat geared, the content is no longer relevant and is already trivialized, so fly or not. Shadowmaster Wanzu says either don't allow it moving forward, like in BC, have players knocked off their mounts in certain areas. Legion Hogger says get rid of it forever. And Mystic says honestly, keep it out of the game. So as you can see from the feedback, opinions are very polarized and Blizzard really has the work cut out for them to keep us united as a player base. It's time for the add-on spotlight. So I'm a little late to the game, Freck. It took me a really long time to get my uh, selfie camera. Okay. Remember that mission yeah. from the, the garrison, garrison mission? It yeah. took me forever to get that thing. Oh. So I finally got it, and then I finally got the uh, the thing that made it a toy and gave, gave you the filters yeah. and everything else. So I finally posted a selfie on the Twitter. Awesome. And I was super unimpressed. Oh, why? They're missing the boat. Are they? They really are. When we go back, or when I go back, rather, and I look at this whole Twitter integration, there's an episode, and I I might even had a, an email that floated around about the way that I had done it to uh, post out on Twitter when, you know, when I got certain items in the game. And that came from a series of grabbing an RSS feed from an armory, putting it into another application that tweeted any time that RSS feed changed. So it was a little convoluted, but it worked, but you didn't have the control over it at all. It just, if there was a post to your RSS feed, it tweeted it out. It was all automatic tweets, which, let's be honest, people tend to ignore those after a while. Yeah, it does. It's a signal-to-noise ratio. But for the most part, all that thing did, I got emails or tweets back from Battle Panda that told me that my Twitter was calling me out for playing you know, WoW at 3 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) So I was excited to hear that Blizzard was finally integrating Twitter into the system. So I did the twin integration. Now I've yet to send out just a tweet, right? I, I've done one with the selfie. Okay. Not impressed. You take a picture with the selfie camera, you get to crop out a little bit how you want it, and you get to add if you have the filters, which I thought were horrible in the beginning. Like these <laughs> you can add some filters to it and post it with a comment. That part in concept is pretty cool. I must have done that Four or five times before I got the actual screenshot that I that I thought was worthy. And I didn't like that aspect. Okay. It's like I didn't like that picture. I don't take another. I didn't like oh that one didn't come out exactly the way I wanted it. Take another. Oh no, I'm blinking or Is looking that what the you're other supposed way. To do selfies though. No, you're not. <laughs> I mean if I take a selfie, I take a selfie and I'm done with it. 
You gonna sit there and pose? Well, of course I pose, but I, it's not like you go, okay, that one didn't come out exactly the way I wanted because I am posing. I know exactly what I'm doing, but I'm not moving around like a crazy man every 3.2 seconds to make myself look oh, more Oh, you mean alive. how your character like does all these faces? Yeah, yeah I kind of hate okay. that. Okay, so it's like, yeah. this one's like a picture. Yeah. Now, the screenshot is a screenshot is a screenshot, right? No big deal. Everybody right. can do a screenshot. You take Alt-Z, you turn your interface off, you sure. press print screen, you're done. When you take the selfie, it does a little diff- a little different, you know. Yeah. So I said, there's got to be something. A better way to do this. And I checked around on Curse, and by golly, there is. Is there? There's an add-on called Butterfly. 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 Oh. It's over on Curse. You can find it there. It's version 1.1. It's still very new. But what this does, it has several improvements to the social UI. For instance... You get a scrollable gallery of all the screenshots you've taken during the current gameplay session. Hooray. Oh, that's good. Hooray. So if you take a screenshot and come back 10 minutes later and it's gone from your chat log, it's not just gone forever? It's there. It's and you, nice. you don't have to go searching for it in your gallery. You know, you don't have to like, let me get out of this. Let me go into this. Let me find it in my Windows Explorer or whatever. It's there. All right, so I have apps that take automatic screenshots when cool stuff happens those will be there when I want to do you know, a post to Twitter. It's there. I don't have to go look for it. It's there because it grabs us. You know, Butterfly grabs it from my current session screenshots. It's awesome. Something that I kind of like is that it replaces all the Battle.net links with uh, actual Wowhead links that are actually useful. What do you mean? So items. You know, if you get an item, I just got this item, right? Right. Instead of it linking to the armory. It actually links over to Wowhead. Oh, that's cool. And so when somebody posts that, you they say you got this item, you can go to Wowhead. It it takes you see straight what it to is. Right, you see uh, what it is, how they got it, uh, what quest it dropped off of, right. everybody's comments on it. Where it is. Yes. Yeah, yeah. A lot more information than just here's this item. You want to see it in 3D? <laughs> <laughs> it also adds a Wowhead links for achievements. Same thing. You get the the social comments from everybody else. Uh, they just did a uh, really good job. And like I said, this is version one one, so the author has got a lot of room for improvements. The biggest feature that I love about it is that it, you can, it has a gallery to scroll through. Butterfly on Curse. And folks, you know, Freck, right now you're wearing a Curse shirt. I am. That's, that's so awesome. It's so comfy. <laughs> that is a really comfy shirt. Folks, if you don't have a Curse premium account, that's three bucks a month. That's like less than, you know, a nice cup of coffee. So get yourself a Curse Premium account. It's three bucks a month. It does the updating for you. Mine updates every day at 3 o'clock whether it needs it or not. It goes out, it checks, 3 a.m., boom. I'm never that guy in, in the raid that goes, oh, hang on, guys. I, I need to go update DBM or whatever. So go check out uh, Curse Get yourself the butterfly social UI add-on and start really tweeting your pictures out. Making headlines in gaming news. 25 years ago, Microsoft Solitaire debuts on Windows. I totally beat that game. (laughs) And now... There's an actual competition. How do you convince Solitaire? 
It's a solitaire competition. So basically, Microsoft gives you particular games that you have to play and win. There were three major competitions. The first one was internal at Microsoft. The second one is a national challenge coming out this month. And the third, based on the winners from this national challenge, will be an international worldwide competition on playing solitaire. The challenges that Microsoft releases, players have to complete those challenges and submit those completed challenges to Microsoft as soon as possible. So it is a not necessarily a timed-based game, but each of the competitions will be something different. The first 250 players who complete the entire collection and post proof to Microsoft onto uh, their Facebook page, which is kind of cool, they're going to receive 25 bucks of Microsoft credit. It's a digital gift code to be spent on the Microsoft Store. Right now, the competition is limited to U.S. residents only. However, once the national competition for Solitaire comes up, everybody's in. So all those hours that you spent at work playing Solitaire when you should have been doing anything else, you've been preparing, practicing for this moment. To be the solitaire champion of the world. Talk about a casual, casual, casual game. I don't know. That can be pretty intense. I think anytime you compete with something, it's going to get pretty intense. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. You know, I'm like, I'm practicing. I'm practicing for the solitaire competition. <laughs> No, I'm not goofing off. I know I've got a spreadsheet oh, of whatever true. to do. Yeah. I'm not goofing off here. This is practice. This I am in training for the competition. Uh, you can go check out the Microsoft Solitaire Collection Facebook page for more details on this uh, competition. 25 years ago. That's a long time. Yeah. And also, while we're on this subject of uh, old games... The 2015 World Video Game Hall of Fame inductees have been announced... They include Pong, Pac-Man, Tetris, Super Mario Brothers, Doom, and the World of Warcraft. Now, when you go back and look at all of this, these titles, and Freck, I've been around for all of them. Yeah. I was there when Pong came out. All of these are games that had a social impact. Pong was... <laughs> A game changer. <laughs> the first game changer. Now, it was something, I mean, everybody played Pong. When Pac-Man came out, that was just revolutionizing everything. It just, it, you know, I don't know if, if you were part of the whole genre or not, but there was a song called Pac-Man Fever. It was fan, It was on the radio. It was fantastic. Of course, Tetris, you know, gaming in its own right. Still, there are mad Tetris skilled players today. And tons of knockoffs. Oh, yeah. And that was like the first one of its own little, of its own genre. You ever play fridge Tetris? No. Is that like when you move stuff in the fridge and make room for other stuff? Yeah. Okay, then I have. (laughs) (laughs) Super Mario Brothers. uh, Yeah, that's a game in its own right. People still love that game. Play it all the time. We have a, uh, at work, we have an old console. And people play Super Mario Brothers on it on almost a daily basis at break time. Doom, of course, first real 
big 3D immersive game. I mean, before when you had Wolfenstein 3D, yeah, that was a big one, but it wasn't the, you couldn't look up. It was 3D, but you could only move forward. You didn't have the degree of motion that, that Doom right. brought you with moving up and looking around. You know, you know, and I guess, I guess World of Warcraft could be considered a socially, Maybe. Yeah, yeah. socially impactful game that, you know, stood the test of time and, you know, going to be around forever. So this is the first year that the uh, Museum of Play has done this um, for the uh, World Video Game Hall of Fame. Uh, it's at a place called The Strong. It's been established, like I said, in 2015. If you want to nominate a game for the 2016 inductees, uh, you can do that through March 31st of 2016. And their final selections will be made on the advice of journalists, scholars, and other individuals familiar with the history of video games and their role in society. Folks, you can do us a huge favor by heading over to our website, hearthcast.com, and clicking on that Loot Crate link. That'll take you over to Loot Crate's page. And if you want to get yourself hooked up with Loot Crate, you'll get an automatic discount for three bucks off of your uh, your subscription there to Loot Crate. You can also use the code HEARTHCAST at checkout for that same discount. But doing so, clicking that link and jumping over there, you know, that shows them that you care about us and you care about them. Coming up in game, we have the Midsummer Fire Festival. Is that a, is already time for that? It's already time for that. It's going to be June twenty first. Every time that that comes up, I only think of one thing. What's that? When your video card couldn't show shadows and you couldn't do the juggling thing, and you're trying <laughs> to get us to help you juggle stuff. It's but not you, about my struggle to say fire correctly. I'm not far. Far. No, it wasn't <laughs> about that. It was all about you couldn't see the shadows. And the struggle was well, real. Well, I have a better video game card now. Video game card. <laughs> <laughs> Got to upgrade my video game card, you know. That's right. <laughs> Did you download more RAM? <laughs> that was a joke. You can't, oh, okay. Thanks. <laughs> you can't download RAM. I was, I was at RAM.com. <laughs> Try to get some more. You, you would know. There's a website you can go to download more RAM. But it's a joke website. Oh. It's pretty funny. We send it to people at work all the time. When they, we need more RAM. Here, go here. Well, thanks. No <laughs> problem. That's one of those you wait 30 minutes and people come back to go, really? Yeah, really. And go order some more blinker fluid while you're at it. Hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I quit telling you stories of my life. <laughs> We want to thank everyone who sent in their feedback and their comments about this show's topic. We had some very interesting opinions, um, definitely stuff to think about. I want to thank Scaresome for that great email that kind of uh, introduced the topic, and I, he had some great points. Sure did, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We've got a uh, WOW meetup coming up here pretty soon. If you're in the Orlando area and want to check us out, Go check out meetup.com, look for Orlando Wow, and you'll see all of us and where we go hang out. And as we close the show, we want to thank you for listening. We'd love to hear your comments, questions, or any other feedback. Our email is podcast at hearthcast.com. You can find us on Twitter at hearthcastfreck and at hearthcastroot, or just head on over to our Hearthcast Facebook page. Visit our website, hearthcast.com, for podcast archives, 
show information, and more. Until next time, this has been Ruth and Freckle Pace.